and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe on this show, on this feed. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. We got DA Damian Anderson in the house. Gentlemen, we are one week away from the end of the 2022-23 NFL season, which in turn means Black Monday is right around the corner of Bo Brock. You had an opportunity to chat with Cliff Kingsbury today. Let me ask you this. Is he feeling the heat ahead of Black Monday? I mean, he says he's focused. He's saying all the right things. He's focused on getting his team better on a day-to-day basis. And as he sees it, he is the coach, and he's not going to go any further than that. I don't think he's going to be caught looking to any further ahead than the 49ers on Sunday in Santa Clara for the regular season finale. But, you know – Cliff Kingsbury looks like he's exhausted. Cliff Kingsbury's been through the absolute ringer this entire season. Say what you will about the guy as far as his his game management, as whether or not he gets the, the team up or not each and every game. But this is a guy that's been coming to work and he's he's faced, you know, one of the most adversity filled seasons of his entire tenure, maybe of his entire coaching career, which is now 10 years long. So uh, but absolutely, I, I think it's undeniable as far as the pressure and the heat on his seat right now and, and where he stands as far as this organization. I mean, we we could legitimately be in the final days of Cliff Kingsbury. Guys, I, I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation, right? It's all unknowns. And until Michael makes any decision, I think that all the Cardinals fans are anxious and waiting. I mean, right? I mean, that, that's just normal. But you're measured by your performance and – we look at that. It could be to either support the injury narrative or go towards the fact that he hasn't performed, guys haven't progressed. And as Bo, as you said, it may be the final days. And I think that everyone's anticipating what that change was, what that change will be. Yeah, it just to me, it feels like every time I look at him, especially in the press conferences, he just uh, it looks like he's lost a lot of the joy that he used to have coaching this this football team in this franchise. And whether that's from the influx of injuries, the losing takes a toll on you every Sunday going out there feeling like you've got an opportunity to win, and yet you come out on the short side of things. Six-game losing streak is the longest losing streak for this team dating back to the Steve Wilkes era. This is the longest one I believe that Cliff Kingsbury has endured as the head coach of this franchise dating back to 2019. And, yeah, you know, he he took shots at the organization through anonymous sources, I believe, in that ESPN article by Josh Weinfuss and company saying he doesn't have all the resources to compete. And if he gets fired next week, I'm sure that mindset's not going to change, right? But I, to me, you look at these teams around the NFL that are doing less with more, maybe not right now with the Arizona Cardinals, but like a Brian Dable, for instance, they're making the playoffs with almost double-digit wins with a significantly less talented roster than the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the excuse-making with the injuries, I think, needs to be put to bed. I, But I, I get it. It's like it's it's part of the NFL. It's part of how we dissect this thing. Well, they don't have Kyler and Zach Ertz and blah, blah, blah. They they had enough pieces, Bo, when they were 4-8 and eight to compete, and they just they weren't getting it done. They were not winning games, and it's compounded by the fact that Everybody jumped on this head coaching staff and and Steve Kime as well after those extensions were giving out. And it's like, okay, well, you better win now. And you right. didn't win. And it's, well, been, I mean, it's been a continuation of at the end of last year when they collapsed. The the no D-hop contingency plan was a failure, right? As much as yeah. we like what we've seen from Marquise Hollywood Brown as him being a wide receiver too, 
good compliment to DeAndre Hopkins that we haven't seen them on the field enough to really say that, but I think I can confidently say that. I mean, obviously those guys are two big playmaking wide receivers and then the drafting as your top pick, Trey McBride, 55th overall, you know, that contingency plan, that safety net that, Hey, we're going to be fine for the six games without DeAndre Hopkins was, was a failure, right? I mean, we, we didn't see Cliff and Kingsbury. they had six months to prepare for that. It's not they like did. you lose him and you got to prepare right. for next Sunday. Well, but guys, I think the, the answer was Marquise Hollywood Brown, and you don't expect to lose Ertz throughout the season, and you don't expect to lose Murray. And I'm not an advocate for the injury narrative. I mean, the game's about wins and losses, and you have to win football games, and they've struggled to do that this season. I will say with the 12 losses that they've had, six have been one-score games, four have been winnable games, and two have been blowouts. So they're not playing embarrassing football. I think that that's why maybe it's hard for some to look at this and say, well, you know, okay, I get it. Give them a, you know, opportune situation. I feel as though that he had that offensively with the guys that he had. I really do feel like he had all the groceries, everything that he needed to cook offensively, and that just didn't happen this season. Lack of identity is, I think, one of the most jarring things that you see with this team even with the injuries, like what do they do well? What have they ever done well under Cliff Kingsbury? But we've talked about the narrative. Who is he elevated? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's talking today, and it's, you know, I, I believe him when he says this, but it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, well, look at Trey McBride. Look how well he's doing at the end of the year and kind of touting up like we've developed him. I That you're, you're grasping for straws, man. If you're taking a game from Trey McBride in week 17, which he had a nice game, as really the only kind of rookie offensive contribution that you've gotten since Kyler Murray in 2019, that to me, I just, I put my hands up and I'm like, that's too little too late. Like you can't rely on a Trey McBride performance against a hapless Atlanta Falcons to, to kind of save the narrative against you being fired. To me, that that's just, that, that needed to be in motion. You, you had him inactive the first game of the season, which was a joke. This team was not good enough not to play their second round pick, Bo. Yeah, I mean, he dealt with the back injury. I mean, let, let's let's put all of the all the facts and details in that. He had the back injury. I mean, he was Mount practicing. West, though. he was practicing. He was. If he was coming from the Mount West, he's going to the NFC West. I think he was a little further behind. And, and uh, like a lot of this conversation, uh, it, the 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 blame has kind of gone off of Steve Kimes' shoulder, where it should be directly on his shoulders, right? But we're sitting here talking in the final week potentially of the head coach who. You know, despite, you know, in spite of his GM, you know, hasn't been able to, you know, produce any better results with with a roster that's depleted by injuries and depleted as far as depth due to lack of good drafting, lack of good scouting, lack of, you know, adding impact makers and free agency or via trade. So, you know, regardless of, of how you look at it, as far as who's to blame there, I just think that you're just going to circle back to, this team is five and 16 in their last 21 games. They've yeah. won one game in the last calendar year at home. And in, in a results business, those aren't the results that you, that you're ever going to be content with and that you very rarely, especially in year four will survive a changing of the guard at, at a head coaching position in the NFL. And I just want to make a quick point, DA, that Cliff Kingsbury was hired by Michael Bidwell. Yes, but by Steve Kime, thus kind of hitching his wagon to Steve Kime. And you could sit here and say, well, it's on Steve Kime, and it is. Then that makes Cliff Kingsbury an unfortunate casualty of the firing and the house cleaning that's going on because you are not going to insert uh, an organization with that is proactive and, and wants to move on. You can't saddle a new GM, whether it's an internal or external hire, with Cliff Kingsbury. 
You have to what, say and do exactly what you didn't do in 2018 and clean house and give somebody a clean slate to be able to go out and win and put the best product on the field and have a coach that they buy into. And so I, I just can't like you, we can make excuses for cliff and that's fine, but he, he was hired by Steve. He and Steve is the way I look at it. Package deal. You, but Michael has to sign off. Yeah, I, I understand that. But Michael has to sign off on every decision made within that organization. So I'm sure it was carefully vetted. Like, hey, we're picking a, a coach that hasn't coached in the National Football League that had some success at the college level, and hey, he's going to be the new innovator of what we've seen with San Francisco and, and uh, you know other teams within our conference. And that hasn't worked out quite well yet. And some would say, well, hey, it's the culture. It resonated from Steve Kahn. I mean, it's easy to put, to be the blame game right now. As Bo said, it's a results-driven league, and the results haven't added up. And the narrative that you can use is injuries, but there hasn't been development-making. There hasn't been performances, elite performances, outside the realm of, you know, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hasn't been that $230 million quarterback that's expected of him, you know, this season. we you, th That was just limited. You saw, you know, pieces of it in the, in the Raiders game, but I think throughout the season, what you, what we see, you know, a, a perfect example is like Green Bay, right? Yeah. Like uh, everyone thought that it was going to be a dumpster fire. You lose their best receiver. However, some way Aaron Rodgers keeps them relevant in every game. You know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to keep them relevant and you just haven't seen that yet. And I, and I went all through over all the data and metrics of, you know, all the close games this year, but mm -hmm. the Cardinals haven't won them. And right. I mean, that's a big difference. And I think that's why fans are frustrated, Johnny and Bo. But real quick, and I'll throw this back to you guys. But with that decision comes overhaul, comes turnover, and then you're waiting again. You know what I mean? And we've already mm -hmm. seen coaches get fired within one season. So mm -hmm. does that make the most sense to, you know, align yourself with a new coach, you know, clean house completely or just get a new GM account this year? I'm just being real, just putting everything on the table, as Bo said, count this year at count this year as injury riddled. And, hey, we're going to ride with Cliff and get a new GM who sees things differently. I like this comment here by uh, Tom Lyons. Rap Sheet said Kingsbury today has not been notified yet about next year. If they were keeping him, there would be a vote of confidence um, that he is that he is not gone or he is gone. So how do you read into that, Bo Brock? Do you think that means anything? I would say a little bit of weight to that. I, I think Michael Bidwell yeah. will probably use the platform of Hard Knocks to go to Cliff and maybe the team and say, Cliff is our coach moving into next year. We have confidence in Cliff. We're going to get this right. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, then, then you would have the, uh, as far as like the pitchforks and everybody rallying around and outside the facility there in Tempe, if, if he did say, Hey, let, let me give you an insurance for at least one more year or beyond 2022, 2023, that would be, that would be a brutal blow to this fan base because uh, I, I think that they're, they're seeking real change. They're seeking, and they, they feel like the, I, the old regime, you can't have pieces lingering, and that includes no. the head coach. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think when you there's a job to continue to, that needs to be done in the regular season finale in Santa Clara, I mean, you can joke about, you know, what it doesn't mean to this organization and how very little, it, you know, whatever happens in that game means. I mean, you still have to have a guy that, that can, that's can that been doing it all season long. He's been doing it for four seasons practically for the Arizona Cardinals. Just let him just ride this one out. You're not going to tell them, hey, you're fired. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, that's in any profession. Nobody is given, you know, a heads up like, hey, just so you know, step in my office. This is your final week. We're going to fire you on Friday. Like that never happens. I mean, no. if you're if you're an owner, it's it's best in your interest or a boss or a CEO to play it close to your vest. Right. But 
I think all the signs are there. Um, yeah. I, I think if he were st- on the other side, if he were staying, I think exactly what Tom was saying, the assurance would be there. We talked about it. it was it was Cliff given an assurance at the end of last week where they kind of pivoted their game plan uh, from playing a bunch of these veterans to sitting pretty much everybody outside of Hollywood Brown and James Conner. I don't think so. I, I think I think right. It, I don't it either. Sounds like it just sounds like they're just trying to win a game. You know, I I was of the mindset. You know, David Blau was a complete and an utter failure of a of a maneuver in terms of trying to purposely lose that game. Then you watch him, and he he's much better than Trace McSorley. Now, is that an indictment on Cliff and company for keeping Trace McSorley around all year? That's a conversation for a different day. But remember I, all those debates we had at the end of training camp? Like, you got to keep Trace McSorley. I think he's a future player. And we, well, we I said, mean, guys, the Bucks defense yeah. is is different than Atlanta, right? So, I mean, we keep sure. everything contextual. We keep sure. everything contextual. Yeah. And we just, just roll the way the, that the way Atlanta's was coming out defense for Lyle, is ass, though. I mean, he looked rhythmic. He looked like he had real, really comfortable. I mean, he looked. Cliff like was he, trying he to win that game yesterday. He, he was, wasn't. Trace McSorley threw the ball ten times to DeAndre Hopkins, and he got him the ball to him once. I mean, that's uh, almost impossible. As far as an NFL quarterback, and yeah, sure, credit the the Bucks defense or the conversation we had about five running backs, and now how many running backs do they have on this team? Uh, it, it's just all those debates we had, and all those things that we thought, yeah. you know, the team scouted and had, uh, uh, you know, some some players there that should buy for some playing time, and they just haven't panned out. And even when they have gotten playing time, when the lights were brighter and, and the ammo was live, I mean, they they just haven't performed. So. I, I just think that that's just a funny indictment. I thought it was interesting to see what David Blau had to say about Cliff Kingsbury in the post game yesterday. We have this quote from Blau. Blau and Kingsbury said, quote, man, Cliff called a great game. He was in my headset all day helping me. He's an unbelievable coach, offensive mind. Have him walking me through everything that we can get to at the line of scrimmage made my job easy. I think I told you all the other day, it's my job to go to the right place with the football. I wanted to prove that I could do that. As far as Cliff goes, Blau continues. It was unbelievable for me the way this he sees the game, the way he breaks it down. I know I'm the fourth quarterback four weeks. I get it. It's not an ideal situation. It's not ideal for anyone. But he's done an unbelievable job not flinching and helping me get up to speed and just being able to go out there and operate. We had a chance to win it. Now, I say take that with a grain of salt because David Blau obviously was looking for an opportunity. And Cliff Kingsbury is the guy that gave it that opportunity. I asked Cliff today. I said, you know, as far as walking your quarterbacks, and you were, you've got four quarterbacks now in the last four weeks, is that something you do with everybody? And he says, yeah, he does do it with everybody. Now, was he giving him a few more extra tips because this is a guy that's been in the in the facility for 16 days? Yes, but it, I, I thought that was that that did paint, paint Cliff Kingsbury and gave us some insight into just kind of the in game management with the quarterbacks that we really hadn't heard before from Cliff. David oh, Blau is going to look great at training camp with the Pats next year when Cliff's calling that <laughs> offense camp arm for David Blau. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get a job next year with wherever Cliff Kingsbury lands. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't burn bridges. And, and, I, and I think that David, as you mentioned, Cliff gave David an opportunity to go out there and he shined and he looked comfortable in doing so. And I mean, people in the chat are saying, you know, McSorley has been here for, you know, multiple seasons and Blau just got here. I mean, that's competition. You know, you compare those two in itself. He looked comfortable in the pocket and, and did his things and gave this team an opportunity to win the football game. And to get that respect and adoration, but you know as, as well, he's playing the long game. You know what I mean? He's he's a fourth quarterback of the season. He knows that Cliff, uh, you know, maybe a, another quarterback coach or offensive coordinator in this league. And hey, man, think about me. Think about me if you get another opportunity, yeah. or if you're here, let me let me sling this thing. 
David Camp Arm Blau. I can't wait to see it next year when we get our preseason <laughs> schedule out. I know everyone wants to talk about Harbaugh and Peyton and the head coaching vacancies. We're going to get to that in our next segment. But, Bo, you heard today, Kyler Murray's going to have surgery win tomorrow. Yeah, so Cliff Kingsbury, he's been kind of – I don't know why he's been uh, quiet on this. And Mom is Does he just not know? Is that a possibility? From, I don't – I wouldn't think so, right? It's your franchise quarterback. And every time we've asked him about when Kyler's going to have surgery, because there was a report when they played on Christmas, Sunday Night Football, uh, that it was set for January 3rd. The Dallas Cowboys team doctor was going to do that. And, you know, Cliff confirmed basically all of that today. And between now and the new year, he, he was filled in on the information. And so Kyler is going to go under the knife tomorrow. And he's anxious. He's chomping on the bit to really start this rehab process and get back as, as soon as possible. Kyler has been inside the facility in Tempe, kind of leaning on some guys who have had knee surgeries before, kind of nice. going through what their process was. And Cliff joked, you know, Kyler is much more athletic than those guys. Maybe he was talking to Max Williams or something. He's much more athletic than the guys who have had the knee surgery so far. And he expects, you know, with his athleticism and his age, maybe he can get back a little quicker. But right now, I think the time frame remains that October – uh, that they reported on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. The well, Godspeed, process- on, Godspeed Go ahead, on the surgery, John. Godspeed on the surgery. I hope he does well. But I mean, now you guys understand why you get that two hundred thirty million because things like yeah. this happen, right? I guarantee you, he feels a lot better going into surgery with two hundred thirty million dollar contract versus playing on his rookie deal, Bowen John. Well, I, I think that 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 says a lot about just how this this that off season unfolded for both Cliff, Kyle, or all three of them, and and Kyler because. Each and every year you saw progress from this organization, digging themselves out of that big hole that was 2018 roster wise uh, and, and, you know, where they were schematically offensive scheme wise, how they were able to go from, you know, three wins to five wins to eight wins and then to 11 wins in a playoff appearances. Like, was it realistic that this team could stay at 11 or get higher than that? Probably not. I mean, it was more realistic that they were going to take a step back. And as they were all staring down, you know, the end of their deals coming, it just made sense for them to all vie to get extended after their most successful season together. And, you know, now in hindsight, those deals look rough. Um, but, you know, you, you see that their representation was right by getting after it after seeing how things have played out this entire season. Always get your money when you can. The healing process yeah. for Kyler Murray begins tomorrow. The healing process for all of us begins a week from today, you would assume. But right now, you can go on DraftKings, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Make a little coin in the meantime. We had our DraftKings player of the game, king of the game yesterday. That was the uh, aforementioned Trey McBride. He was fantastic. Career high, seven catches, 78 yards, and a tutty. And uh, if you want to keep that good time going, if you gambled on a little football yesterday, NBA national boost right now, only with DraftKings, only with PHNX. Download the app now. Sign up with promo code PHNX. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game. Get this. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Not the spread, mind you, just the outright winner. So, I mean, hell, might want to pick against the Phoenix Suns these days with what's going on there. That's promo code PHNX only on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. Let's talk about more good stuff. How about that sweet, sweet nectar that they brew in Tempe at Four Peaks Brewery, one of our favorite partners here at PHNX. And we're actually joining up with them for a huge event on January 13th. We are just, what, 
two weeks away, less than two weeks away from the PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course, renting out the entire driving range. Come hang out. Get that big drive energy with the PHNX crew, your fellow diehards out there talking all the PHNX sports you can handle. We could talk cars with Johnny and myself, or you got the Suns crew out there. They're doing the pregame. They're doing a watch party, and they're doing their postgame there at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. And all throughout the night, you got golf, food, drinks, contests, prizes, and more. Hang out. You're going to get free beer samples and swag. Can't beat it. Get your ticket today. Click the link in the description and reserve your spot right now, and you can save some coin. If you're a diehard, check the Discord for your special link. You'll save up as high as 20% on this awesome event. As I said, it's the PHNX Tea Party brought to you by Four Peaks. And if you just want to go get some great beer, great food, great atmosphere, head over to the H Street Brewery in Tempe. Get yourself a kilt lifter. Keeping this conversation going on a Monday. Jordan P., I love that comment. We're going to get to that comment here after a while. But right now, let's talk about head coaching prospects. Go big or go home for the Arizona Cardinals. A big fish may have just entered the free agent pool pond for the Arizona Cardinals. Bruce Nolan today basically coming out and saying, if Jim Harbaugh gets an offer, he's going to take it at the NFL level, meaning his days at Michigan could be numbered. You couple that with the fact that Sean Payton is putting together a coaching staff. He's going to be in on it. So then you think to yourself, okay, will the Cardinals, who are they going to have to compete against? And you know where we're going to go are projecting vacancy tiers. This is getting smaller and smaller by the week each passing, and the Cardinals are in a position now um, to, to be able to, to put themselves in a in a position to, to be one of the top openings. You look at some of these openings right now outside of the sleepers, and the, th- these are deep sleepers right here. These aren't, hey, if this happens, this could happen. No, no, no. They would have to completely unfold if you're Dallas, if you're L.A. I think the five teams up top, that could be it. We could be sitting here a week from now, Bo, and it's like Houston and Arizona and Washington joined the three vacancies, and we've got five, six, seven openings, and that's it. And the Cardinals, to me, looking at that, I, I think the Cardinals are in a great spot. Did somebody finally update poor Ron Rivera that, about his team and, and their status in the NFL playoffs? I Did like you see that. That's that was sad. <laughs> Old Riverboat Ron. Yeah, he's been through a lot. He was a great player, too, for the Bears. Uh, but as far as him knowing, you know, the status of his commander's team after Carson Wentz took a dump on the field yesterday, uh, <laughs> he was not informed. And I don't think there's a chance in hell that Sean Payton would sniff that Washington commander's organization, no. even if they got uh, some hot new ownership in there. No, you're exactly you're right. I mean, as far as who's standing in the way of the Arizona Cardinals for the hottest and top head coaching candidate, Sean Payton, it's not a long list. And it's going to come down to Michael Bidwell being prepared to have that conversation with him uh, and, and pretty much give him whatever he needs. It, it, it's as far as power, as far as the organization, power in the organization, and then a blank check to get this deal done. Because you don't want somebody like Houston to be able to swoop in and just offer a better offer and and kind of sweet sweet talk him away from the Arizona Cardinals. Because if if you want to get out of this and expedite a rebuild. The quickest way to do that and make sure that Kyler Murray gets back on track, Sean Payton's your guy. He's your ace. Sean Payton is the guy, Bo, but I think that Houston team will be a bit attractive having the first overall pick, potentiality to get Bryce Young at quarterback, having a guy that you can mold. And I don't see it happening in Washington due to the fact that the just the integrity piece, right? We talk about the investigations, the cultures, everything happening there, and the only sense of stability that they have right now is Riverboat Run. So I, I think I see Houston being a problem, but I mean, you got to cut that check, Johnny. You got to get yeah. Sean 
pretty much anything and everything that he wants in order to coach. And I mean, I like Harbaugh too. I mean, he's shown that he could have success with a dual threat quarterback. And I mean, I'm not sure how the fan base would feel about that. That might be a good opportunity to pull him, right? Well, uh, yeah, I I put out something on Twitter today. I think it was overwhelmingly well-received that I I think it's a failure if they exit January without either Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton. Now that it's basically known that Jim wants to come back to the NFL and you got people rightfully saying, well, the Broncos – and their ownership are going to be aggressive. They're going to pay whatever it costs. I do not, I'm not comfortable right now, gentlemen, giving Michael Bidwell any excuses not to be aggressive. Um, the Cardinals have money. They host Super Bowls. They host championships. It's a destination city. He, he bought a private jet for his team. The facility is first class, right, in the NFL. Mark Davis is the cheapest owner in the NFL. He flies coach. He cuts his own fucking hair. He gave John Gruden... <laughs> a hundred million dollars once upon a time and said, fix my organization. Now that was the wrong person to hitch his wagon to. And he's still, I think writing some of those checks right now. Then he went and signed Josh McDaniels. The money is there to spend on Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton. And if you enable Bidwell and say, well, the Bidwells can't do it. It's not in their culture. They've never done it before. Go with an unknown, blah, blah, blah. You've already lost the off season. Make them say no to you. And if they if it comes out and the, and Michael Bidwell was aggressive and he tried everything and he wrote a fat check and Jim's heart was just going back to Indy and Sean just wanted to go back in TV, didn't want to leave L.A., I, can, I may not like it, Bo, but I can come to grips with that reality. What I can't deal with are teams in worse situations than the Cardinals in non-destination sh- cities in the Midwest being able to lay on one of these two head coaches and for Michael Bidwell and company to sit up there in front of you, Bo, in January and say – you know what? It just wasn't in the cards. We're going to go with X coordinator from X team that has never won a damn thing. That's a slap in the face to this, to this fan base. When you have endured the most embarrassing season in recent memory and you can't win at home. It's not like 2018. It's not like 2013. This is a gut job to the point where you have to fix every level of your organization. You have to Somebody has to come in with an aura around them. Ben Johnson with the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, Ben. That's not getting it done. You have to get somebody that can come in here and say, I've won at the highest level. Jim Harbaugh's won at San Diego State, at Stanford, in the NFL, and now at Michigan. And Sean Payton was a winner almost every year in Indian, uh, for New Orleans. The Aints that are, were on the same level as the Arizona Cardinals. That's what you need. You cannot rely on a complete unknown to come in here and expect it to be different. You could get lucky, but that's... That's, we can't bank on that. Bruce Arians, Bo, fell into this team's lap because they got passed over for other interviews, and then Arians got told no by the dipshits in Chicago, and they were gifted Arians. They were not forthcoming and say, well, Bruce is our guy from the start. They lucked out, and they found each other. You have to be the front of the line, Michael, not the back of the line. No doubt about it. I think that as far as excuses, you can't, you'd be hard-pressed to find any uh, to pass on the crop of coaches that are emerging right now in the 2023 offseason. I mean, as far as coaching carousels, you know, you've got to always have a bunch of retreads in there. But as far as the retreads that are at the top of the list right now in Harbaugh and Peyton, their success is undeniable. I mean, what Harbaugh was able to do in four seasons for the 49ers, uh, it was due to uh, just as far as the front office there, the, the leadership with the 49ers that pushed him out, which is absolutely ridiculous that's on them that wasn't on Harbaugh and not having the ability to coach him up and then what Sean Payton was able to do transform a city that when as Johnny's pointed out and when Damian all of us have been grown up we're similar ages 
the Saints, you had all their fan, the Aints, they were wearing the paper bags on their head, their fan yep. wore before Sean Payton went there and transformed that city with Drew Brees for 16 seasons. Like you don't have like top lit, top notch candidates available. And that's what they have. And, and with, you know, Denver being in the mix and Indy kind of being in the mix and Houston being in the mix and not a long list of openings or vacancies, you have no reason not to be in on one of these big fish as far as the head coaches go. Okay, Bo, Johnny, I, I get that. And, I mean, obviously, Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh are, are top tier. You know, they're they're it, what it looks like to be a coach. What's that? Okay, you don't get them. And he, he opens the checkbook, and Harbaugh goes to Andy, and, and Payton finds another deal. What, are, are you upset about D'Amico, Ryans, or Biennemi? No. And, being and a I coordinator? Bo, Bo and I, I mean, being, a, being a head coach? coach? Yeah. You, but here's the thing. Then you have to work your way. It's just like the draft big board. We talked about it yesterday. Here's our number one prospect. We work our way down. I think D'Amico Ryan would be a nice fit. You steal him from a division rival. But I, you have to go from the point of, okay, we can't have these blue chippers. I want the best coordinator in the NFL. And that's D'Amico Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. You can't go all the way down and, and saddle for some unknown who's just going to take the job. That, that is, You need somebody that's going to re, re, reinvigorate the fan base. So right. I, I would need to hear all the facts on why. And it's going to come out if they don't why they wouldn't and couldn't land a Peyton or a Harbaugh. And Bidwell needs to be ready to face that. We talked about it on the postgame show yesterday, gentlemen, PHNX Cardinals postgame show after they lost to Atlanta. I Michael Bidwell is treading on shaky ground right now where the perception of him, not as a person, but as an owner, is starting to shift more toward his, his late father, who is not a good owner. Michael has gotten a lot of things right. He got the stadium built right. He's hired some winning people, got this team to a Super Bowl, much more relevant. It's time to graduate from junior high and take the next step. It's time to rejoin the pros and the big boys in the NFL and not because right now you're slipping back into irrelevancy. And that's not where any of us want to be. And and the only way to do that, I believe, is to get not a quick fix, but a permanent fix. That I just right. me banking on finding the next blah, blah, blah. That when has the franchise ever done that? What you've right. done is you've been looking for the next Mike Tomlin for 30 years, and you've struck out outside of Bruce Arians. So you should just say, well, you know what? I'm going to pay a premium for a premium, and it's going to work out. Right. Well, I mean, it's a proven commodity versus unproven commodity, right? right? I, I Everybody loves the romantic idea of finding this diamond in the rough, finding this up-and-coming coach, finding the next Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, guys who, you know, well, paid their Brady dues. Was a six-round right. pick. Take a six-round right. quarterback. Every, every everybody wants to be a six-round pick that comes out of nowhere and becomes the GOAT, right? I mean, that's the American dream. But at the same token, it's like, it's it's hard. And, and we've seen with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's an inexact science. And you can see some success early on. But it, it, you have to kind of vet these guys season in and season out. And if they can't adjust, and what we've seen with Kingsbury is inability to adjust and elevate. I think that's the risk that you take. And I think at this point right now, the deal that you signed Kyler Murray to, you mm-hmm. need more of a, a, a of a, a sure thing. And yeah. as much as you might fall in love with a Ben Johnson, what he's done with that Detroit Lions offense, or what you like, for, if you like Mike Kafka, if you're whichever one it is, Kellen Moore is an endless list. You know, I, I, I like Ryan's over all those guys just because of his leadership qualities and what he's done in, in San Francisco on the defensive side of the football. I think that toughness would do very well here. But still, an unproven commodity. You've got two of them right now. You've got two guys that have, have done it. 
Jim Harbaugh's coached in the Super Bowl and Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. It's not like they're Joe Gibbs and they've been, you know, having a racing team for 10 years and then come back to the football field. These guys have been around it. Sean Payton's been, you know, an analyst for this year. And then Jim Harbaugh has been in the Big Ten coaching teams of the college football playoff. Those are two guys that, you know, you have to be in on. And if they just say thanks but no thanks, that's that's not a true indictment. Sure, it's it's probably a testament to the dysfunction right now, but you have to have those conversations. You have to make those calls. Guys, given what we've seen this year from the Arizona Cardinals, I think that it's the Cardinals need a culture shock, and they need a bigger mm-hmm. name than a guy like Kyler Murray. They need someone that's going to come in and take that attention away, and it's all going to be predicated on all those reasons that you just mentioned, Bo. You got a guy, Sean Payton, won a Super Bowl, a guy like you know Harbaugh who's played and has the respect of the college and the professional football world, and he's shown that he could win. And if you get a guy like that, I just don't know if these other coordinators are going to have that impact on Kyler no Murray. No doubt. Because right? they're not – not bigger names than him so it's all you have to get that level of respect established and I think someone that's going to be accountable disciplined and a proven winner and a bigger name and there's only two there's only two you know names on that list Bo hit the nail on the head sure thing you need a sure thing and Arizona's animals saying well D'Amico Ryans and Steve looks all over again we don't know that but we also don't know if he's going to be a good head coach no one can tell you that today Michael Bidwell can't right uh, John Lynch can't, Kyle Shanahan can't, nobody knows. It's the same reason why Eric Bieniemy's not a head coach. Nobody knows and nobody is willing to take a risk on him. We know Sean Payton, winner, Jim Harbaugh, winner. Those are facts. You can't argue that. Jim Harbaugh never had a losing season in the NFL. He's won everywhere. Sean Payton won a Super Bowl in New Orleans, and every year they had Drew Brees, they were in contention. They were in M- NFC title games. No one else you can say that about. We can we can throw a party if they hire a coordinator that's got the number one offense or the number one defense. But we fast forward to next September, right in October, hopefully with Kyler Murray, and shit hits the fan, and this team's under five hundred. What's it going to look like with X coordinator? Are they going to pee down their leg when they're going up against <laughs> Kyle Shanahan? Right? Are they going to get exposed offensively or defensively by Sean McVay, or are you going to hire a proven winner like a Harbaugh or a Payton? And and to do that. You have to court them just like you courted J.J. Watt once upon a time, and you have to write a fat check. That's that's the end of it. Is it are you willing to pay for an elite head coach? Because if you are, then, it, okay, it's time to reassess and, and reenter the Super Bowl picture. If you're not, then then the fans in the comments are going to be proven right that Bidwell is not a winner. He's not trying to win. That Don't, don't allow us to be right about you, Michael. P- prove us wrong that you're not deteriorating to the point where this is, we're just complacent here. And I want to go to this next graphic here, which gives me some hope here. This is from Benjamin Albright. We didn't have time to talk about this yesterday, but this is from Benjamin Albright, who's locked in. Uh, I have a relationship with Ben. He's got over 100,000 followers. He is legitimate. If you follow his Twitter, he's usually pretty spot on. He covers the Broncos. He's an NFL insider in general. Uh, for our audio ins- listeners, any team wanting to acquire Sean Payton is expected to have to trade a first rounder of the Saints. We don't, we that's not news, but somebody at ATL9 are asking, are the Cardinals interested or, or hinted to be interested? And the guy kind of tongue in cheek says, probably not. And Benjamin says, yes, they are interested. So that would tell you two things that obviously they've got their eye on Sean Payton and Bo Brock, they've got their eye on moving past Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I was, I was reading up on this, and Jonathan Jones, who's a fantastic reporter uh, for CBS and he did some work for uh, the, the HBO uh, sports show where yeah. he actually recently did a, a 
in-depth piece on the new Suns owner, but he he kind of deep dived this with some execs around the league as far as this this asking price from the Saints. Like, do you believe it? Do you think they'll get it? And a lot of them were like, well, th- that's pretty that's pretty rich for anybody's uh, you know blood out there for for the NFL. But some one exec said they'll maybe get like a second and a fourth, which yeah. is more reasonable. But they think that the Saints are in in a, in a spot that. Is kind of unprecedented outside of, you know, going back almost 20 years with John Gruden when he was with the Raiders and, and he commanded what multiple first round picks. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's looking a, a little bit tighter than than we initially thought for Peyton. We thought it was more of a Bruce Arian situation where he retired and he, there was no chance of going back to New Orleans. But second, a fourth, something more reasonable. I don't think you're not you're not going to give up a top five pick. No. Or a head coach, I, I don't think the Saints would even expect well, that. We, we talked about it yesterday. No teams in the 20s are going to be in on Sean Payton, we assume. Right. So then that pick becomes unattainable from whoever, whether it's Houston, Arizona, Indianapolis. Denver doesn't even have a first-round pick. These teams, it's 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 basically they want a first. They're going to be looking at the Cardinals because their their picks basically the lowest in the first round, Damian. But but they's all they've also had past practice with this, right? Coaches that they've traded picks and what'd you say, Bo? Like I think it was a fourth round in the past that they've done it before. And I know mm-hmm. this is different circumstances, obviously yeah. with Sean Payton as the head coach. And I could see a two and a four, even deferring the first pick to 2024, maybe 2025, in terms of getting a first round draft pick. If you really believe, Johnny, like you said, you really believe this deal needs to get done. And by all accounts, it sounds like it needs to be Sean Payton or Harbaugh. And if you're willing mm-hmm. to give up if the Cardinals are interested in giving up a first rounder and that's what the Saints want, it may not be this year and maybe, you know, two years in the future. Or would you sacrifice that for securing your, your future winning with of this course. team? Yeah, of course, because you know what? At the end of the day, one draft pick is not going to make or break this team's success. The wrong coaching hire sets the franchise back three to five years. If you want to hoard draft picks and hire a bumblefuck coach because you didn't want to part with them, I, I don't care. That's not going to make your – the coach dictates everything and the quarterback. You have those two in-house. I'm sorry. Like, I, I've said this time and time again. They get the right coach with Kyler Murray. I'm, you can have the rest of the roster, and you can start clean, and you can compete in 18 months if you're the rest of your roster shit, right? But the Cardinals roster isn't bad. It's close. Yeah. It needs a couple tweaks. It is not a draft pick away, but it is a head coach away, and that to me is way bigger. Now, am I giving up a top six pick? No, because I think that's ridiculous. That's not. They're not going to ask for that. But can I get creative and say a two this year and a three next year or two threes or well, whatever if they take? Yeah, if they're told to fuck off after at the, the say first round pick, they'll understand, right? It's like ah, yeah. if we shoot or shoot, right? It will, right. Let's let's have let's get let's no negotiate. I'm asking for that. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. They know that right. Dennis Allen is not as good as Sean Payton, and so they're like, well, okay, we're we're stuck with Dennis Allen. It's tough because we're going to watch Sean Payton win elsewhere. Help us alleviate those concerns. Now, is it the Cardinals' fault that they didn't get more for Bruce Arians? Hundred percent. 100%. They could have said, no, 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 we want a third for Bruce Arians. We thought he was, we were going to let him coach forever. But again, what franchise are you dealing with here that just said, oh, let Bruce go? He'll only win a Super Bowl with our former executive and half of our players in Tampa. Well, they didn't know they were going to pull the goat. They didn't know they were going to get Tom Brady the next they season. Put them, they thought, Tampa oh. put themselves in a position to do that, though. They're like, what the first season looked like in Tampa Bay without Tom Brady? They seven and nine. Jameis yeah. Winston threw 30 James picks. Winston, he went 30 for 30. <laughs> That's right. He had his own 30 for 30. <laughs> now, you know what excites me? I don't want to put the, you know, get too far ahead of myself, but in something that gets lost as far as once you move off of Cliff potentially and, and you bring in a guy 
like a Sean Payton. You kind of yeah. get the same thing you got from BA, and that's years of experience and relationships in this league. You know, I think there was a lot of people in this league that were upset that Cliff Kingsbury went from 35 and 40 in the Big 12 to head coaching position with really no experience and and no like real merits uh, compared to some of the other people out there vying for those jobs. Um, and, you know, there were coordinators that were reluctant to join the organization and there were players that didn't yeah. take it seriously. And I think that Sean Payton obviously has a lot of great relationships with players that are still playing at a high level in this league. Role players, not, you know, glue guys, guys that would help just add depth to this roster immediately just based on and built from the relationships that Peyton has. And it's just something that I think this organization has been lacking when you have Kime who has his inability to really hit as far as in the draft and then Cliff without those relationships, you know, having a, a, just a, a track record with these guys beyond the college level. Uh, I think it seriously hurt the depth of this organization. And I think he would immediately, there would be an influx of, of just depth onto this roster that hasn't been there for far too long. So do we give him a, a, a free, you know, a green card where he gets to, he's the GM, he's handling everything. I mean, do, do he's going to have his hand in it. Yeah. And I think Michael would assume that if you're paying $15 million for a coach, I want him to be involved in everything. I would think it'd be naive to just say, no, you just coach over there. But <laughs> with Cliff, you had the training wheels on, right? Because he didn't have relationships. Yeah. as Bo just mentioned, he couldn't put together a staff. He just didn't have the experience either. Right. So that's yeah. why that's why they paid him nothing, right? So it's you graduate now and you pay a big boy head coach. And I think to Bo, Bo's point, we have all been grossly scarred by the personnel development of let's call them day three draft picks and undrafted free agents. We have not found enough Damian Andersons in recent memory. We're lighting those picks on fire, right? Day three of the draft, it's just like boom, his hit rate was about five percent. So that's why you find a Jimmy Graham and a Marcus Colson and these contributors now on day three of the draft where your prior regime couldn't do that. We flush those picks down the fucking toilet here in Arizona. So that's why I'm a little bit more comfortable saying here's a second because our franchise is not going to be beholden to early picks. It's all or nothing, right? It's very cliche with the Cardinals is all or nothing. Sean looks at everything. He looks at, as Bo mentioned, veteran players, right? trade scenarios we're more likely maybe to trade up in the first because our margin for error is not as small as with 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 bruce Air, or excuse me with steve kyman company we can trade up in the first round and be aggressive and sacrifice some day two picks because i know i can find and coach up contributors on day three and undraft guys we're going to bring a bunch of bodies in here and they're going to be contributors from day one we're going to play our rookies go look at what marshawn Lattimore did his first year with new orleans and alvin kamara was an instant contributor those are all these things. The, the hiring of Sean Payton would be so layered past. Yeah, the guy won a Super Bowl. It's everything you know about the Cardinals and what they do right now, which is incorrect, would change. It would be flipped on its head. And that's exactly what would excite me if I'm Michael Bidwell is like, I can pay you knowing that my franchise is in good hands and I can sleep well at night and I don't have to be embarrassed. What more What more do you have to pay for? It's like us in our lives, we pay for security, right? You pay for security at your house, with your kids. You you write a check, right? You want to live in the best area, you want the best schools, and you don't have to worry about it. That's what Michael Bidwell should do with, with Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh, knowing that my franchise is only going to increase in value if I hire one of them, if I hire Ben Johnson, I know it seems like I'm riding Ben Johnson hard enough. <laughs> if I hire Ben, jo I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he can control the locker room. We'll put, let me pull this picture up here. Look at this man right here. He's looking at his locker room saying, this is broken. 
I can't trust the people I have put in a position to succeed. I'm looking at my guy to the left of me. He can't make eye contact with me. You got to get yourself out of that relationship and into one where you're like, I can put my hands on my hips knowing that we're in good shape. We may not win every weekend, but we're in good shape. We're buttoned up. He was also recognizing that the red velvet jacket was a bad choice after suffering that L. <laughs> Like that. I mean, I don't Wait. think it seems. I think it is bad, guys. I mean, after I think that was what Johnny after 11th, 12th, you know, L or six straight. Takes a lot of guts to wear that when your team's won one home win. Walking. I mean, I mean, he's a billionaire. No matter jacket. what, no matter what, he's doing well. He, is he though? Can well. we? Is he a billionaire or? But but, but no, I mean, I mean, he's, he's doing. I, I'll just say he's do, the the organization you own a team in the National Football League. You're doing okay. You, you're doing all right. But with that, Johnny, to the point that you were talking about with Sean Payton. To me, it's the coaching aspect, developing players. I think that's yep. what Kyler Murray needs. And like you said, you got a coach and you look at Sean Payton's success when he had Drew Brees, it didn't matter. It was that same type of feel with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter the roster. And I know that Jalen Blair talked about it in the chat. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has an offensive line. Well, there are other teams that didn't have the offensive line. They lost guys. Got teams like the Chargers. Look we at what Mike as, Tomlin's doing right now. Just as, Mike Tomlin, just as competitive as the Arizona Cardinals, you know, one score game and the Cardinals are losing those games. My you think point the Steelers is, are using injuries as you, an excuse, right? You talk about security, you talk about having confidence. Sean Payton gives you that, and he gives you the ability to develop those players, even I think defensively, because he knows what it looks like. And I don't want to take nothing away. I respect anyone who does this game, plays it, coaches it, it is what it is, but it's a results-driven league. And when you go out there and you put your your resume on film and you, you're you're playing displaying for the fans, you got to come up in a big way because this is the National Football League. Everybody's watching. Everyone's paying attention. So everything is going to be talked about. And when you fail to meet those standards of an extended contract of $230 million, people are going to talk and expect they want expect and want the best. And while going creative and, and going the abstract route and trying to get a guy an unproven commodity like Cliff Kingsbury, I think they go opposite with a guy like Sean Payton and yep. get that security Great point. And, get, and get that discipline where you could have a guy that's bigger than Kyler Murray and someone that he could look to has been there, done that, and and won. You tried to buy great value, Sean Payton, or, or Sean McVay with Cliff Kingsbury. You said, we're going to get the discount bin, Sean McVay, and we're going to hedge our bet that Cliff, if he exploded at USC, would not consider us. So we're going to hedge our bet and buy low on a stock. And it didn't work out. And I liked the hiring at the time, Bo, but I'm with Dick. You got to make a hard pivot from what you tried to do last time. Well, no, it was a hard pivot from Wilkes. He was a defensive guy. They went offense, right. you know. I mean, it's uh, yeah. This would be from a lack of discipline, complete players coach to you know a guy who's based on um, just leadership and and discipline. So, it, I, I saw in the chat asking what's what are the downsides to to Sean Payton. I know we've we've been talking him up for the last couple of weeks. Anybody anybody got anything for me? Too much winning. If you do, you, I, was just saying, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 guys. I mean, the only thing I would say is just ego. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Ego. When they get in those positions and you get that amount of money and you yeah. feel that, you know, that ability to just say and do, you know, whatever you want. I, that's the only conflict. But I think, I mean, we saw it happen. I mean, some lived it with Jerry Jones and and, and uh, Jimmy. You know, I'm forgetting his name. With the Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson. You know? Jimmy yeah. Johnson, yeah, they won multiple championships and they couldn't make that marriage work. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's always something to be said, but I think if one can humble themselves and like Michael can humble himself and like, hey, it's for the, for Cardinal fans and for this organization, I can be the backseat on this. And I'm, no matter what, I'm winning if the organization is winning and it could happen. But I, 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 don't, I don't see really any, you know, bad or, you know, issues with that. He's going to be 60 next year. That would probably be, I mean, 
Bruce Arians. 60 and 60, baby. I, I agree with that. But I think you, know, <laughs> you, you, you obviously want somebody who's going to be around for a long time. And Sean already had to walk away. So I, that would be my only minor concern. I have no concerns about yeah, underdog The, the Arizona streets, Bo. The Arizona streets <laughs> may, may be attractive to pay. Uh, underdog fantasy is attractive to me as somebody who's struggled with year-long fantasy shit teams. I can go to underdog fantasy on a daily basis and draft up against five of my friends and the highest scoring squad for that night wins that cold hard cash. And if I don't win, I can pivot to the next day, draft up to six NBA players, no positional limits. And that is it. We've had a banger of a time. Listen, De- Devin Booker and company, he was hitting the higher of all of his points on Underdog Fantasy. I'm going to have to look a little bit deeper now to find some positives with the Phoenix Suns, or I'm going to have to take some of their lowers. It's super easy to get started. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, underdogfantasy.com, you download the app, use the promo code PHNX, Get a free hundy if you deposit up to a hundy. Um, yeah, get in on the action today, Bo. If you're looking to improve the decor of your house, the comfortability of your house, you're looking for some nice furniture, there might be an estate sale coming up in Paradise Valley in maybe about a week, a week from today. Maybe some lion paintings available for you. Maybe a couch that you've seen from a draft day picture. Outside of Cliff Kingsbury's furniture, what I'm getting to, best way to upgrade your furniture is through more furniture, and you're going to get a better deal on it because you can find anything you need for your living room, bedroom, dining room, your wherever you're looking to improve your decor, you can do it with more furniture. Morefurniture.com. They got the white glove delivery that's unmatched. You can get it. You can order it in the store or online at morefurniture.com. They'll deliver it to your house. They're not just going to drop it on the doorstep. They're going to march it into your living room, bedroom, dining room, and they're going to set it up exactly how you want it set up. We received our office furniture just like this. They they, they were unbelievable. They, they pretty much got everything just dialed in as much as you know. our guy, GM saw. He wasn't going to expect anything less. He got the white glove delivery for more furniture. You should, too. Save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. All right, everybody. Pivoting now to some draft talk. I don't know if you knew this or not. Cardinals have a high draft pick because they haven't won many games this year. So we get to talk about where they stand heading into the final week of the NFL season. If we could, Mr. Shano, let's see that draft order for next spring. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals 4-12. and Listen. It's been a shit year, but we are going to be rewarded, hopefully, with a blue-chip prospect. The Cardinals can finish no worse than six should they win on Sunday at Santa Clara. If they lose, and let's say Denver beats a Charger team that could be sitting players, Chicago pulls an upset, the Cardinals would leapfrog both of those teams. They can finish as high as second overall. They can't flip Houston. Houston has, I think, at worst, the top two pick in the NFL draft. So right now, gentlemen, you're looking at that draft order and then we're looking at a Will Anderson, of course, a Jalen Carter. Is there a should we be able to talk ourselves into other positions, guys that are are going to emerge, or maybe you've, they've already emerged for you that the Cardinals should be considering? Maybe not a name, but a position group outside of just elite front seven player. Bo, I'll start with you. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you have to have an open mind. Uh, you've got a very talented crop coming in, especially I think on the defensive side of the ball. And we, we've seen a ton of guys already declare together. Uh, today, Alabama, we saw a flux of talent already headed to the draft. Obviously, the quarterback position, pass rush position, uh, running back is, is something maybe later in the draft you can look at, even though you got James Conner locked in for a couple more years. But 
no, I, I think you have to kind of keep an open mind. Offensive line is obviously something that Arizona Cardinals fans have wanted to upgrade for far too long. Uh, but I, I get excited because I see this where you've got, um, you know, the Cardinals w- along with the Bears and then, you know, Seattle. We'll see what they do as far as the quarterback position. But all those there's there's a ton of teams that are quarterback needy behind the Cardinals in the top 10. There's a ton of them and there's a ton that are going to be trying to vie to get up ahead of each other to get in on one of these young quarterbacks, whether it's CJ Stroud or whether it's Bryce Young or a Will Levis from Kentucky or Anthony Richardson, if somebody falls in love with him, obviously great size, great athleticism. The Cardinals are in a pretty prime position to do whatever they want. Ringo, he had a rough uh, college football semifinal, but absolutely a local kid that that has a lot of skill. Um, but yeah, you look at the cornerback spot. You don't know what's going to happen with Byron Murphy. You you know you know you're depleted as far as that outside of Marco Wilson going forward. So yeah, I think that this Arizona Cardinals team is in a position with having some of the premier spots. Uh, positions uh, with some some guys that that can make some plays and make a difference, but you can also find some guys you know outside of the ones that we've been talking over and over about Jalen Carter's, Will Anderson's. You you can look outside of those guys, no doubt about it. Hey Da, you're muted, my man. Sorry about that, guys. In those one score games that we talked about, it was teams' ability to run, run the football, right? So it's mm-hmm. a prime. Uh, must get as you as as you feel about Sean Payton, Johnny. That's how they yeah. need to feel about a defensive interior lineman or outside linebacker like a guy like Will Anderson. That being said, Bo, to your point, if that doesn't happen and you can move back and secure multiple first round draft picks and get a guy to play center or get a guy to play tackle, because I mean, let's let's be real, Kyler is their most protected asset or least yeah. protected asset, but most invested in, right? So they need to protect him, and you can do that and get other positions throughout that process and acquire more picks. It's definitely the way to go, and without the with the exception of defensive line and outside linebacker, you have to go offensive line and protect Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think this is a line of scrimmage draft. Uh, they've gotten let's call it cute for the last couple of drafts. Off ball linebackers, too much predicate predicated on the wide receiver, too much emphasis on a wide receiver. And I love Quentin Johnson. Got to see him up close at the Fiesta Bowl, but you know it's it's one of those things where th- this team, the identity of this team is kind of soft, right? They can't run the ball effectively. They don't move people on the defensive side of the ball. They can't, Their run defense has not been good since really Todd Bowles left. It's deteriorated time and time again. No Calais Campbell. Uh, to me, it's just, can they can they get back to basics? I would argue that's what the New York Giants did this year. It's like, yeah, we're not going to go flashy. Can anybody name the receivers? No, Kenny Galladay's terrible. They traded away Kadarius Tony. They said, okay, we're going to be able to run the football and we're going to get after people with a pass rusher. They got the first-round kid Thibodeau out of Oregon. The Cardinals should try to follow that blueprint if they can. So I I know a lot of people say, well, you got to go BPA, best player available. I think that has to be weighted, gentlemen, next to the big you know, three to five positions of value. Of course, quarterback, which they have, but then it's offensive line, defensive line, edge rusher, and then maybe a corner, although I don't love it. Especially, I don't love a corner unless they're generational Patrick Peterson in the top five. So if, if they're staying put, which I think, you know, given the way that C.J. Stroud has played, I think he's forced himself in the conversation of being a top three to five quarterback. Bo, you've mentioned it time and time again. There's going to be a good player push to the Cardinals. If they lose mm-hmm. this weekend, which... The Niners have everything to play for. They're playing for a top seed, right? They want to set themselves up for a bunch of home games for Brock Purdy in the postseason. Cardinals are four and thirteen. Let's just all assume that. I haven't even looked at the line because I don't want to, you know, put bleach in my eyes. But 
I, I they're going to be in a position where I think at minimum one quarterback is going to go ahead of them, potentially maybe two. And if they're picking four, I mean three positional players, two two to three defensive linemen, a tackle that'll be interesting that you could maybe play at guard the first year and kick them outside. I they're going to have options where impact player starter blue chip as we like to call it should be there for them to run up to the podium. And if not, if they don't absolutely love a guy, if there's not a consensus, let's say worst case scenario, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter go two and three, and you're sitting there and you're like, I've got some options here to trade back. Sure, you trade back, right? But it's got to be for the right kind of value to the point where you're not picking a Zayvon Collins with all due respect at 15 when there's a huge drop of talent off the board. Absolutely, man. No no doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's exactly kind of – you don't want that to happen, but, you know, teams – I think it was in, it's inevitable that we're going to see a CJ Stroud, Bryce Young debate all draft season long, right? Aren't we? I, I think that these it guys should, it shouldn't be though. Should, no, you, you like Young Bryce, a lot better. Bryce, yeah, yeah, Bryce Young is that is that guy, and he's always showed up. All I mean, granted, one would say that he had the best to 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 make the most with, right? And so did CJ Stroud, right? But I saw him in inclement weather playing against Northwestern this year. Granted, it was windy, but it just seemed a lot of those games, right? You, you see the difference between a lot of those games are going to be inclement weather and come November, December, and even January, and you're going to have to show up. And all respect for C.J. Stroud. I thought he played his best football in that championship game and, and did a lot of lot for himself, but I think that there's a clear favorite for that number one in Bryce. Yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of an, another just draft, and we've seen a ton of them, right, where it's been like Manning-Leaf, and, and Manning's been the choice all along, but – you know, that, that will be something that uh, we're going to see be force fed, I think, all draft season long. And For sure. the, but I think it's going to put Stroud in a position and the Cardinals in a position to where, you know, top three, you'll probably have two kept quarterbacks selected. So if they stay at four, I think they're going to be in a good spot to get the best non quarterback available. I mean, listen, I, I think we're, we watched Denver, a spirited Denver team with no Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson losing on Nickelodeon to come out and play well against Kansas City. And now they're in an opportunity where I, is, are the Chargers going to start pulling starters this week? They've already locked up now their fifth seed. Um, and so they could be in a position where it's like, we're going to rest some people ahead of Jacksonville. That's very tempting for Russell Wilson to go out and say, well, we don't have a first round pick for us to screw up. And we're going to, we want to push that down for the Seahawks. I think the Cardinals, I think there's a pretty good chance the Cardinals exit this weekend. I don't think Chicago is going to help us at all because that that situation right now, I don't even feel, know if Fields is going to play this weekend. They they looked like they didn't want to compete against the Detroit Lions. I think there's a 50-50 chance. We're sitting on our post-game show. We're talking about a couple different things, including a head coaching change and the third overall pick, which would be an absolute godsend because then we could have the discussion of who do you want, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and go from there. But there is that little uncertainty, Bo and Damian, where it's like you're picking four, and we got a long way to go, and people can talk themselves in and out of love with prospects. But, man, picking three just feels like you're in much more control of who's going to be there and who's not. Don't say that, plant-based carnivore. Don't you dare say that. Don't put that evil on poor Jalen Carter. He didn't fall out of a window after smoking synthetic weed like poor Robert Kimdichie. <laughs> Get a get, didn't he buy like himself a Panther or he wanted to buy a Panther with his signing bonus? Robert Kim is a, a good dude, it just didn't work he so is. well here. But he, he's he, just what, he's a great football kid. wasn't his first yeah. love, football <laughs> no, was no. not his first love. He I'll loved, say dude that. loves life, dude loves yeah. life for sure. Yeah, all right. If you love football life, go to gophnx.com, read <laughs> up from our guy Howard Balzer. Listen, we love Howard, he's the PHNX Cardinals beat reporter. 
He's got a lot of good insights, some great takes. And, and again, it's one of those things where if you don't agree with Bo and I, you're probably going to agree with Howard. If you don't agree with Damian, maybe you agree with, with Frank. We're, on, we're not all like-minded. We have these conversations with you on gophnx.com, in the comments, on the member Discord, because it's healthy. Because if, they, if we all try to, 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 to think similar, then I, it's just it's not fun discussion. And we got to put that contrived out. debate. It's not like right. Skip Bayless and, and Woody Page back in the day. It's not but cold Howard pizza. He believes. And, and, guy, and guys, just throwing it out there, Bowser believes that he said that it's not. It's more about the injuries. I'm just saying, if you guys see his recent tweet, right? he's talking about We love about, Howard. I, I, he's, talking about, he's talking about the injuries. Vehemently disagree that. with that. Fair enough. He knows that. Saying, he knows that, that. That may be a national narrative if nothing happens. But I agree. But then Howard put out I, another tweet that I said I 100% agree with. He's like, these people that want Cliff gone, but they won't trade a pick for Sean Payton. Like, what are you doing here? 100% agree with that. So, it, again, we, we love Howard. Check him out. His work is unparalleled. GoPHNX.com. Promo code H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard. You can get up to, I think, 20% off for our big event on January 13th with Four Peaks at the golf event. Check it out. Again, you will not be sorry that you did. We, I mean, I feel like this week and in the next week, we should just be live 24 hours. Producer Shane, you know, our head producer, Jake, will probably kill us. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it, this is going to be one of those things where if you don't have your alerts set up at PHNX Sports on YouTube, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I'm not tooting you get subscribed. Horn, if you're not subscribed, yeah. and then get, the, get the bell going, get the alerts dinged to your phone. Because, again... We're going to save you from having to keep scrolling and getting a neck cramp on Twitter. We're going to be ready to go live should anything break with this team. But in the meantime, he's Damian Anderson. He's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. Like this video. Share it around the YouTube algorithm. Get it to Michael Bidwell so he knows anything outside of Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Unacceptable, right? We're back later this week to break it all down ahead of Cards Niners. Are we even going to talk about that game? A little bit, probably. But we're going to talk about everything else going on with this franchise. Uh, until then, have a good evening, everybody.